0: Lines of the Southland, Sunday, November 7th, 2021. Mr. Grant, did you wake up this morning as a world champion? Because I
1: did. I, I I guess so. I have an Atlanta residence. Does that make me one by, by default, maybe? No, because ah. you got your
0: time in 2016, and now I get my time. This is mine. This is entirely only mine. Yes, okay. That is bad, bad news. news. That is bad news. You got your, again, 2016 was your year. This is the, the year of the Atlanta
1: area baseball team. For, for those that can't see, since podcasting is a visual medium, I have a Cubs mug that says bad news on it, and I was waving it right in the, in the old camera. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I am heartbroken to not be a world champion by default. Uh, as all should feel.
0: So, absolutely. I especially do not apologize to anyone
1: from Houston uh, because you lost. Sucks. So so you're saying you would like to take this opportunity to apologize to, to absolutely literally no one from Houston. Uh, I'm kidding. Houston
0: is a great city. I have friends that live there. Um, mm. But yeah, Astros fans, we won. Uh, trash
1: trash throws. i'm
0: Asterisk. not going that far cheating is cool baseball cheating is cool
1: everyone's just lame and no one wants to admit that they're cheating Th- this is this is some uh full cast takes to the extreme right here but, am i wrong you know,
0: though everyone is cheating if you're not cheating you're not trying it's just like college football
1: speaking of let's not speak of college football. speaking of things that not to talk
0: about yes today we have a full slate that does not include the uh, ep- ep- what am I saying? Eponymous eponymous football team, yeah, uh, that birthed this podcast. Uh, we will put them aside as they have put winning aside for now, uh, and let's start our day, our night, our nine PM evening, uh, daylight savings time, post daylight savings time with women's tennis, who appeared at Mississippi State in the John Cade invitational
1: yeah um you know there's not a ton you can say about it it's I I I get it it's fall it's a thing that happens it's also not something that has a ton of bearing on the spring and the ACC picture and you know the, the the tournament run and all of that they did fine they won twice as many singles matches as they lost, and they won twice as many doubles matches as they lost. That's a good weekend. Didn't play a ton of like ranked teams or anything like that. So not a ton more to draw from it, but you know, not bad. And and, and not bad is perfectly good in to this podcast. Competencies competency is
0: rewarded you know, on this podcast. Competency it's- preferred. How's that? Okay. Okay. I, I I can gel with that. So let's pivot while, while we have a chance, we're talking about tennis. Let's talk about ITA nationals for the men. Cause I think that plus the GT invite gives us at least a little bit more meat to chew on here.
1: I, I was going to say, I, I go through all of that to, to completely pivot and say there is one thing in the fall that, <laughs> that ranks equally high to the stuff that happens in the spring. And that is the ITA regionals and nationals. Um, and the men were very well represented at nationals. They had the uh singles winner and the doubles winners from our region head out west to San Diego. Um, Anders Martin singles and doubles, uh joined by Marcus McDaniel. And out there on the West Coast, they were actually able to play through to the semifinals, uh, which is which is great. Um, but sad that you know. It wasn't a finals appearance but uh yeah they uh they suited up against some uh, Ohio state boys and fell five seven uh six one and then ten six in the tie break so you know it's tough but uh they 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 got a set it, it it's tough when it comes down to that tie break and you don't get the full set to decide it so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. uh and then the rest of the squad was at the g t invite well, uh, Martin and McDaniel were at, uh, were were in. Where was this? This was in San Diego, right? That's where I saw the tag on the website.
1: Yeah, um, GT GT invite was in Atlanta, duh, and Nationals oh, were yes. in San Diego. So, yeah, it was GT it, it invite was split being squad. in San, being in San Diego would be weird. Yeah, I mean, we've seen weirder stuff with like where some of these golf uh, tournaments get get hosted but it's tennis it's tennis everyone has a tennis court we could have 12 but instead we only have 10 uh we'll we'll leave former co-host ethan craiger to have more comments on that but yeah um i'd say good weekend i mean gt invite was a mixed bag but you're without your your best doubles pairing your your best singles players because they're both out there um so yeah I'm not gonna complain though. I, I'd say it's a solid, solid close to the weekend. Um, a lot like the what we were talking about with the John Cade invite for the women, like it just play good and, and don't get injured and, and we'll see y'all in the spring. Wrap those ankles and bubble wrap and and wear a helmet, you know. As an old comedy central
0: skit uh had, they need a wrap it up button for the uh yeah. for, for the fall season, just Pretty so much. that no one gets injured. Maybe I'll link that in the show notes. Who's to say? Uh, let's move on from my bad jokes. Let's talk about swim and dive uh, who are actually putting together actual results, meaningful results uh, in their fall season. Actually a couple of good results here uh, with the men defeating UNC uh, and Duke away. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's start with UNC. Uh, we did see, Mert Kilevuz break a program record in the what is this the sixteen fifty free, no it's the thousand free. Oh my okay. god! You didn't say it's not listed. It's not in the document. You set me up for
1: failure. That that's the one that that's that's the one we talked about last week. Anyways, uh, regular listeners to this podcast would know uh, that Mert was very 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 close to breaking that record. Basically, uh, last time he was in the pool uh, and, you know, he, he was able to slide on under that uh, that mark. And that's great for him. This is really his, his second meet or the second swim in this event uh, as, as a tech swimmer. So um, really, really no complaints there. I think the site noted that basically every record other than now the 1650 free has been broken in the last 10 years. So that's, that's great ridiculous to see as well. That's some um, ridiculous turnover
0: in terms of record breaking. That's, that's pretty ridiculous turnover. With- I think that's normal for, it like seems normal for swimming as a sport, because I think everyone's used to seeing records go down all the time for, um, for, from the Olympics, from the world championships. uh, and, and those are on, those are obviously on like a, basically a two year cadence. Right. But, this is i mean in 10 years that to turn all of your records over at least once is really good
1: i mean it's kind of the goal too, you know you want to always be bringing in the swimmers who are just a little bit better a little bit better you think at some point there's going to be that that rising tide where where it naturally catches it but i don't know on some level it's it's an expectation that you're always breaking them but the fact that uh, a giant chunk of the current record board is owned by people still on the team really says a lot about, about the high watermark that I think this team is at particularly Absolutely. given, given the bonus fifth year uh, for all those swimmers who missed out on their 2020 NCAA season, where you can kind of combine that uh, last year of Kyo and and Christian with, with Mark Kilabu's, with a couple other the Turkish swimmers. Like this is, I get that they're in kind of the same Relative spot as they were um, last year, at least in the rankings. But in terms of what they could do, like this, this could be very much a top top twenty team. And and the fact that you know they're they're hanging in with uh, FSU, which is right in the same neighborhood, beating UNC by ten points. uh, Another team, UNC men being the twenty first best team in the country. You know that's hanging in again with a, a team that you're at least evaluated to be pretty similar to, uh, which is, which is always good to see Mm -hmm. just to round out the results
0: in Chapel Hill. We saw Ruben Lechuga, uh, appear in his first diving meet of the year. I think you have noted here that the FSU meet probably swings the other way, uh, if he posts a couple results. So, well, that's disappointing. It's good to see him get some minutes. Well, I get, I guess dives and weird sports parallels. Uh, Some other results from around the pool, five B cuts were established for Georgia Tech, including Mackenzie Campbell in the 200 fly, Christian Farrar in the 100 fly and 200 fly, and then Kaya Pampudis in the 100 breast and 200 breast. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Duke meet. Same result, like I said, the men beat non-ranked Duke. The women beat or fell to ranked Duke Duke uh, Duke women are number 24 three B cuts here and a couple of distance results what was your analysis of this part of the
1: slate yeah um, I think the main takeaways uh, especially like comparing apples to apples you think wow like these are back-to-back days you'd expect similar results yada 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 what one throw that a little bit out of the window uh, for the men because the Duke the Duke men are not quite as good as UNC. Uh, that was, you know, a, a little bit more of a runaway meet for for the men. But you also might pivot and say, hey, like the Tech ladies only lost to Duke, you know, or to UNC by 30 points. Why is it a little bit worse to a, to a less good Theoretically ranked Duke team, and you know that—that's just stuff that comes out in the results, comes out in the wash. Um, we see it in other sports too, you know. Like that, just because somebody plays and, and matches up in certain events uh, a certain way doesn't mean they're not necessarily going to turn around and do the same thing the next day. Um, tech also—I don't know why—they um, sometimes do these right back-to-back days, um, but that—that that just happens. We noted that uh, Merck Killaboos, the day after breaking the 1,000 free record uh, and also swimming, you know, other events in in Chapel Hill, had to turn around and swim the 1650 in Durham. That is brutal. Um, uh, My arms arms are just hurting (laughs)
0: as I think about that load. Like, come on, the NBA gives their
1: guys load management. You got to cut the kid a break here. Well, I'll put it like this. They don't even swim the 1,000 free at NCAAs. They don't think it's worth it to have both distance events. Load management, load management. Yeah. So, so you can look it up as like, oh, the women's swim, the number 15 team close to the number 24. It's it, at the end of the day, it's, it's like four points is the swing there. The events aren't consistent in every meet, you know, whatever, uh, whatever is offered and, and who's swimming, what, you know, it, that stuff all comes out in the wash and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. We're distance school now. Uh, Tashildis also nabbed a 200 fly, uh, B cut to to join Campbell's 200 fly. So, the the women in the butterfly that is that is their bread and butter, I guess. To their bed bread and butterfly, you sure. may say. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do that, but then I started take using the layup and I was take, like, oh no, take the layups. We're in too deep. we <laughs> yeah, so- deep. They'll be in action next in two weeks at home. GT invite should be a stack field. I haven't seen a final list of teams yet, but given that we host NCAAs um, and ACCs, there's going to be a lot of teams and should be a lot of good teams wanting to get into our building to, uh, to swim. So hopefully we see a lot of, uh, Foes, I guess. I don't know if that sounds a little bit dangerous.
0: But I, I think it's gonna be a good competition, right? Like you oh, said, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people are gonna to want to come try out the pool and get used to the pool, even in that one, you know, at least get used to the current field of pool, even in that one instance. Oh because and- that that will define their that'll at least give them a mindset for that ACC or for that NCAA championship experience. And I think I mean we we've talked a little bit about how you know pool feel uh the, like the difference in pool field between pool to pool. So I think that does make a difference for a lot of these teams.
1: It's like being able to play, you know, say, you know, the the national championship is at uh Hard Rock Stadium and you get to play Miami during the year or something like that. It if you have those kind of aspirations, it's kind of a similar thing, but you know, there's a lot more teams that make it to the NCAAs for uh for swimming. Yeah, you know, you know, 100 or whatever teams uh, with, with swimmers in the water. But uh, even in years we don't host, it's a, it's a great turnout. So it should be even better this year. Absolutely. Let's switch
0: gears from the pool to the basketball court. Men's and women's basketball season start on Tuesday, which we noted last week, but now it's even closer. To th- it's, it's really much closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, The men start on Tuesday at 7.30. They'll host Miami of Ohio. That'll be on ACC Network Extra. That's followed up by a game on, I think this is Friday the 12th, at another 7.30 tip uh, versus Stetson. That's also at home. That's also will be on ACC Network Extra. Uh, Just to knock out the women's schedule here, the women actually start out on the road on Tuesday. They have a 6 p.m. tip at Central Michigan. Uh, That's on ESPN plus. Uh, And then on Thursday, they have a 7 PM tip versus Kennesaw state at home ACC network extra. And then to round out the weekend, I think this is a Saturday tip uh, that is a 2 PM tip versus Belmont at home. Also on ACC network extra. You had one comment that you wanted to make about the men's
1: basketball team. Yeah. But before we do that, I just had another on, on the schedule in general. What is it with Pastner and Fortner both going out and being like, you know what we need to start the year, you know what you know what Georgia Tech basketball fans need? The it's Mac. just a double dose of maction on a the Tuesday Mac. night.
0: <laughs> there are actual maction games that night. I'm pretty sure, like football, so, maction football games.
1: It's not even it's not even the biggest Georgia Tech maction that we could have because because they're 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 hawking. With real action, it's a shame. But no oh action well. is, is too much action. No action is enough action. Like, okay, I don't really understand why a Sweet Sixteen ACC team needs to go on the road to play Central Michigan. But maybe it's a two for one or a one for one, and we have a home game against them in the future. I don't really know. I don't think I've ever watched Central Michigan women's basketball or men's basketball play a single game in my life. So I don't really know what well, to you tell will you about that. You will on Tuesday. So I I will say though, I have seen the women play Kennesaw State several times. I've seen Belmont women's and men's basketball in action. Shout out to the real ones. 2017 NIT Forever in Our Hearts. Um, but yeah, uh Kennesaw state that'll be uh. It, it's Kennesaw state. You got um, to win. They're
0: not the a sweet sixteen ones. team.
1: Win yeah. the easy ones. If we're not talking about a five and zero week next week between these two teams, we got some problems. I might be pulling out my hair, but we'll, we'll get to that one when we get to it. I, I think it leads into the comment that I did have, um, and that is whether it's Passner or, or players even mentioned ACC media days, the expectation that Georgia tech knows that they start slow and needs to start better. And and you can chalk up the 2020 opening back-to-back losses to Mercer and Georgia state and be like, ah, COVID contact and practice, et cetera, et cetera. Valid, valid enough for, for COVID times, but they do need to start better. And my, my kind of, Flip side of that comment is noting that uh, let's let's go back and find my little chart. Is that Passner noted that they've really uh, found a way to really improve as the year goes on, and and while I'm not necessarily convinced that that's always been the case, I am pretty darn convinced that uh, the the last two years in particular we've seen teams that have really grown as they've gotten to the ACC schedule. I think this is the year, whether it's experience or talent or or just longevity, where we need to see tech come out of the gates firing. Like, just beat the Miami of Ohio's of the world, beat the Stetsons of the world. If you're Fortner, you know, go on the road, get a win against Central Michigan. Let's take care of business. Let's start the year off right.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think you can kind of – you kind of have to take the – the Georgia state result last year with a bit of a grain of salt because it went to four OT. Yeah. But I do should agree. Have gotten There in the first place. Yeah. That that's the caveat there. You, you shouldn't have gotten there in the first place, given the talent differential between the two squads. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I think barring anything outrageous, both of
1: these teams should have good weeks. I'm very interested to see how the big men play in uh, in the men's game, and and really for the for the women's game, we've kind of seen everything that they have before. Like, there's, uh, I'm hoping for no surprises from the women. While for the men, I think my focus is looking on on that center and the the replacement for Moses. Right.
0: I think there are some, you know, there's some tricks up Fortner's sleeve, right? Oh, because you have. You have a transfer in from Syracuse uh, that can play a couple of different positions. And then you have the return of Sarah Bates. So how how does she start setting that rotation? Does she keep a short? Does she stay with the short bench? Or does she expand a little bit to go to a 10 woman bench because she now has more depth? And, and is able to trust that depth given their performance last year. I think there's a couple of questions that we can see answered here. A couple of interesting questions we can get answers to here, or at least partial answers to
1: here early on. Yeah, I would agree. And, and again, that's what non con basketball is about. Like it, it feels long in the moment, and there's a lot of games where are like, huh, that's random. But like – Grambling State,
0: right State. Uh, uh, do, Coppin do we, State. Coppin State, that was a
1: – that was sure a year. That was sure a year of basketball. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. Like, it, it can seem long and winding, but really it's it's about – you know, you're going to have a couple of marquee matchups. UConn for the women, LSU and for the men, Georgia for both teams. Like, that's that's what you're going to get. USC the, for the men going on the road. Like, it's – it Phoenix there's enough Bowl – there's enough interesting stuff peppered in that, you know, you got to pay attention, but at the same time, it's also about the prep and reading between the lines in terms of like, just what you're seeing and the rotations and, and who's stepping up and getting those minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I think, like I said, some of those questions are going to be answered, right? We are going to see where, I mean, these are, not conference opponents they're not conference quality opponents we're gonna see rotation we're gonna see both coaches just trying stuff and seeing what happens because it's i mean match fitness or just like being in competitive games is obviously different from practice right so you can try stuff and see how it works out against the defense that doesn't know what's coming um and, and i'm looking forward to some of that obviously basketball at the end of the day is basketball it's hard to get weird with it in much the same way that you would in like football or soccer, but I I'm interested in seeing some of these adjustments or at least like both of these teams tipping some of
1: the adjustments that they might want to make later in the year. Yeah. And, uh, for those that have (laughs) noting of a out presumably indefinitely, uh, with a knee injury, that will be interesting. He was a tech, uh, guard outside shooting threat. Um, So there'll definitely be minutes there for the taking between no Bubba, no Jose Alvarado and no Moses. Uh, Jose splitting time with the Pelicans and looking good uh, in, in his appearances so far. So we wish them the best, but uh, yeah, a lot of familiar faces back. So if you fell in love with these teams last year uh, you're, you're going (laughs) to, you're going to be able to get sucked in, sucked in this year as well. I think. I can't help falling
0: in love with
1: them. With, with Jose. Oh, rip. No, no, you ruined it. Soiled it. Soiled it. It's fine. It's Uh, fine. Let's
0: move on to a team who doesn't have a soiled record, at least in this weekend. Georgia Tech volleyball, as we've been saying all year, all year, and many other people have also been saying this, Georgia Tech is a volleyball school. It is a women's volleyball school as of 2020 they're on fire they're rocking and rolling they they've only lost two home games and both of them were relatively close i guess you can toss out the louisville result but basically they were relatively close they're rocking and rolling they are a top 10 team per the ncaa selection committee rankings tell me what they did this week
1: yeah uh so i was in the building friday night for miami Uh, That was a four-set win over the Hurricanes. uh, The Canes being, I'm going to check the exact RPI from last week, but um, they were definitely top 20. What was it? 13. Yeah, Miami was 13. Florida State was 15. That's who we caught Sunday, another four-setter for the win. Again, that uh, is not a bad weekend to have. Beating two RPI top 15 teams. Granted, it's at home. So, like, yeah, also granted – we're a top 10 team, so got to win. But I'm very interested to see what that does for our RPI, honestly, coming, in, coming into the next week. Uh, Georgia Tech handled it well. Uh, there was a couple calls in the Miami game that really uh, – I don't know. I, I don't like to complain about ref ball, but that was tough. Call, calling a somewhat questionable double hit on what would have been the match point uh, to put it away as this week. Yeah, that's a choice from the refs. It's definitely
0: um, a choice certainly refs a choice. Get, they get paid by the hour.
1: All right. That was the loudest I've heard O'Keefe in a long time. And this is the venue we've noted is most notable for being loud. And, and granted we do have a stadium called the thriller dome that is also noted for getting loud. So I, I, I understand that this is quite a statement to make, but O'Keefe loud, uh, the, the fans were ready to tear the roof off the place. If, if, if the thirty-three, thirty-one set had gone tech way, tech's way, I'm sure that you know the building would have shook or, or, or whatnot. But as always, um, Tech has continued its winning ways. They did go to nothing um, on the weekend. It's twenty-one and three on the season, I believe. Which At ten straight wins, not a bad place to be in. Only seven more wins
0: until they reach such a blessed number.
1: <laughs> what would what would that be? So that would be... I don't even think there are seven. more 32. So that would be a Sweet 16 win, would, would put them at that record. So please, let's I'll do take that. It. I'll sweet take it. The rest of the year into the Sweet 16. If you're talking about that, that means you've beat both Louisville and Pitt again, as well as a very good Florida State team a second time. Yeah, you might be talking about top five, Georgia Tech, not top 10, Georgia Tech. Ooh, I
0: mean, women's volleyball school, that that moniker requires that we're in the top
1: ten and the top five. If we are a top four team, they will host home games until the final four. Oh, I want Nebraska to come to
0: the thriller dome. Well, I guess the the smaller thriller dome. I was gonna say the box,
1: the band box of terror that is O'Keefe Gymnasium. That's the thing, too. As much as I want to see Games in McCamish because I I think Georgia Tech could sell five thousand volleyball tickets. They're not putting in McCamish is a is a
0: waste of the atmosphere. There's it's an too much space. Waste of the atmosphere. There's so too much space. See,
1: I want to see NCAA games in O'Keefe, but like part of me is like, man, I would love to see five thousand people show up to a Tech volleyball game. I too would like to see five
0: thousand people show up to a Tech volleyball game, which is why they should consider finishing and finishing planning the. uh the expansion or, or the renovation, whatever was listed is this, on the website. Is
1: this a space where we can openly speculate about what the uh, capping the connector thing would do to O'Keefe or you should get, we save that for next summer? You get 15 seconds. I'm pretty sure I saw a rendering with like demoed and rebuilt O'Keefe on the cap the connector project, but I have no way to verify that whatsoever. So yeah, that's, that's what I got. Uh, that's completely... Completely unsubstantiated rumor, so you may you may even want to cut that Akshay. I don't know. No, we're keeping it in. I like completely unsubstantiated
0: rumor. Uh, another completely unsubstantiated rumor, except it was definitely substantiated by these gals' performance this week. Uh, consider volleyball national champions, Georgia Tech.
1: That's a really bold statement. I'm aware, but it's the least bold statement we could make for any of these teams. It's getting
0: really hard to untrain my world series champion brain from being very doomer about, uh, about sports in general these days. I I don't want to say that they're going to reach a certain round less some, some dumb thing happen in between now and then. Yeah. You need to not talk like that. Just say it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Shoot the shot. I'm gonna put the idea into the ether. There's a lot of things that gotta line up for that to happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen or it's not gonna happen.
1: I, I'm I'm just saying, literally, just saying. Well, we'll have to let the games happen. I I just want to let the run be fun while it lasts, because like the the. Uh, I don't know. The 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 Cubs window has closed guy in me is like, man, I was all huffy that the 2017 team didn't make it back to the World Series. I should have just had fun while it lasted. One day, one day, <laughs> one day, that'll be you. <laughs> one day, Kevin Parada will be in the major leagues. And heck, Jose Alvarado's already in the NBA. Like, like, eventually. The time goes for all of them and, and just got to go watch the games while they're still happening. You know, speaking of games that you can watch as they're still
0: happening uh, on, what is this? A Saturday 7 PM. No, this is a Friday 7 PM tip off. Uh, that'll be at number two Louisville on ACC network extra. That'll be they a very, very good game. They didn't even give them the ACC network. No, because the right, ACC network has never cared about Georgia Tech. We've been over this. But it's Louisville.
1: Louisville's number two. Uh,
0: I assume that there is a college football game on ACC network. Uh, it's a Friday night. Yeah, they played Virginia Tech-Boston College on Friday night last week. Oh, I thought those Friday night games were usually on ESPN. My bad. Uh, do, 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 Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Ooh, there is nothing on ACC network. Or, or there's no, uh, there's no football, so there's probably basketball, or and maybe it's probably... something random like soccer finals or something like that. Maybe, but let's just check the. Let's have a little look. See at the old basketball slate. As I scroll and I scroll, there, there it is. Army at Duke, ACC Network, seven p.m.
1: Heaven, heaven forbid. Heaven forbid
0: Cameron indoor stadium isn't on national tv.
1: What oh you meant it's really bad. oh
0: god it is really basketball i'm not joking. Do, do you want a screenshot? It's, it's no, army, at, no, okay. army at
1: Duke. I get it. I get coach K was a, a army guy, all, all that stuff. But like this is the best season of ACC volleyball that's ever been played and you're going to pass up a top 10 matchup again. You, yes. already, you already whiffed with Louisville yes. Pitt. Oh, my goodness. They're going to do it. Promote the product, boys. Promote the product.
0: Uh, uh, also, other, other basketball games on the ACC collection of networks. Uh, let's say Radford at Virginia. Do, 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 uh, Furman at Louisville. Holy Cross at Boston College. Uh, Western Carolina at Wake Forest. Stetson at Tech. Uh, do, 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 scrolling, scrolling. Ooh, Brown at North Carolina on ACC Network at 9 p.m. Scrolling, scrolling. And that's the end of the night. Yeah. the, uh, the I, ACC I love- Network has never liked Georgia Tech. Like, let's be clear. They put, they put us on their de- debut day as a ritual
1: sacrifice to Clemson. See, but that, I don't even think that's the right take. I think it's more of... It doesn't have to be the right take, Jake. It just has to be a take. This is a Take Merchant podcast. <laughs> I just like the point I wish the ACC network had a little bit more volleyball and baseball because it seems like they do a fair job of spreading it around equally among like non-rev sports. But like, even then, like, I don't know, just more women's basketball or volleyball or baseball or whatever that is. Because I feel like they're always playing a soccer game and tech doesn't have soccer. And I don't know. This That's is really irrational. This is soccer
0: erasure. The solution here, the solution here is just for tech to have a soccer
1: team. Uh, can we just strike it, uh, strike it big science of the everything, not just the Southland. Look, there's someone, start the program.
0: All we have to do is get a, is get a defense contractor sponsorship. <laughs> and then all of, all of the future of Georgia tech soccer is secured. There we go. There Don't we go. Help me to that disclaimer. I'm not responsible the, the for anything The Raytheon Scions of the Southland
1: Podcast.
0: There we go. Let's ride. You said it, not me. Uh, moving on to things destroyed by, uh, possibly destroyed by Raytheon products. Uh, my hopes for Georgia Tech basketball or Georgia Tech football this weekend. Um, <laughs> Get ahead of yourself, play, there, bud. They play Miami. In Miami Gardenslash Coral Gables slash wherever Hard Rock Stadium is to a three point a loss. I think my thought is the same as what I said last week. I have nothing to say about this game that I haven't already said.
1: What say ye? No, there is one thing to say about this game that we haven't already said. Before this- you say
0: it, before you say it, remember PG13. Pg thirteen
1: podcast went off the rails. This it, it was, was another game that was one score that had no right to be one score. It was kind of funny it for was a while. So colossally stupid. Oh, it was
0: it was hammered drunk for a while <laughs> like, there. Like like chugging turnovers. four lo- like chugging four locos back to back drunk for a okay, while there.
1: Who said who said this podcast had to be pg PG-13, PG-13. thirteen? Anyways. Anyways, the turnovers, keeping Tech in the game, taking a halftime lead, and the irony of ironies of the 102-yard pick two. Pick two. After just coughing up the lead. Oh, my goodness. This game had everything that you could want except winning. I'm telling you, blackout drunk football game. It's very hard to win football games when you give up like sixteen not 1600, 600 yards of offense it sure felt like sixteen hundred like like that that's my thing like what else are you supposed to say like we forced some turnovers, but even despite that, they still got a lot of yards turnover luck is a thing, my guy allowing thirty three points important.
0: a game makes it hard to win uh I, a lot of projections had them winning by Eighteen more points than that. So, well, take away those turnovers, and it's going to look a lot more like that. Yeah, uh, like I said, I personally have nothing else to say on this because they're going to keep. They've made the same mistakes. There haven't been adjustments made by the coaching staff. Um,
1: I I legit thought that there was going to be a, be a point this year where we won two games in a row, and that would have meant progress. And yet, here we are. Yeah, uh, let's
0: tail the tape here. Uh, the next game is versus BC. That's, a, that's a 330 kick uh, next Saturday, the 13th of November, on your local RSN, I believe. Um, you have BC with a revitalized and possibly superhero-serumed uh, Phil Dracovic back on the field. Um, then you go to Notre Dame the week before Thanksgiving, and then there's Thanksgiving. Not a lot of room for error is putting it mildly to show progress and have
1: more than three wins this year. Yeah. um, If anything, I think there's a reasonable argument to say that no progress is a sign of anti-progress. Do you want to use the actual
0: big boy word and say regression? Nah, that's for nerds. I don't know
1: what regressions are. You have two degrees from this nerd school. I don't want to hear it from you. Uh, No, like, well, there's been legitimate regression, but we don't have to unbox that because that's not a fun conversation.
0: It's an off-season conversation. I I think there's a lot of things that both of us want to say. It's hard to distill those into like a couple of sound bites here in in a 45 to an hour long podcast because a lot of it is just we're we're repeating ourselves right over the last
1: we spent well no but the reason we spent 40 minutes this week talking about swimming and volleyball is because it's fun to talk about positive things and we don't want to be haters or negative or or like like apathetic but like you know, like at some point you can't just not talk about the elephant
0: in the room that a is a very large elephant. It's a very f- large and possibly slick with like Crisco in terms of just like handleability elephant, oh yeah, like I mean, we've lost three games in a row, boom, three games in a row coming out of the bye week, they've all been losses in the exact same style and the exact same fashion. uh, two of those games were winnable despite uh despite performances that should have made them not so. So I think the program as a whole, the athletic department as a whole has done a lot a very good job. Again, as a whole, I think this is the one black mark that you can point to and otherwise a very successful athletic year or calendar year. Right. But it just so happens to be that this is the the most, this is the most important. This is the largest, program. And so that's what because there are so many eyeballs on this, that's where some of this apathy, that's where some of this snark comes into play, right? Because this is the program that you want to succeed. This is the program that makes the most of your revenue. And so to have this sort of floundering is frustrating at the program
1: level. Yeah. I mean, it's not fair, but this is the bellwether. This is how entire programs are judged. And I think the entire ethos of our podcast and, and really of our site is that that shouldn't be the case, but it is no coincidence that it would take six to seven basketball games worth of attendance to fill one football game, multiply that by another four or five times for volleyball or, or another two or three times for baseball. Like that is, that is the landscape of college sports and you got to take your lumps with it, I guess.
0: I think that kind of describes our opinion uh, on the football program uh, at this point. So we're going to pivot, talk about other things that make us feel better. Uh, You have one thing to plug
1: as we roll on out of here. Yes. Yep. Uh, I did guest record on a podcast called the CFB stories on Thursday. I spoke about the 1966 Georgia tech football season that season in particular due to the many interesting things uh, that happened both on and off the field. We will keep y'all posted when that is live. Um, I thought uh, I was pretty interesting, but I'll leave y'all to be the judges of that should be decent. They were, they were good folks and they've got some other podcasts, uh, no free ads, but at least listen to uh, the, Frumbo no Rums free ads, the but show. he does a free ad. I mean, how many times have we talked about certain shirts and, or restaurants on this podcast,
0: comfortable vintage apparel and cheap, uh, cheap and fine dining, as I would put it.
1: Also, we got our home field stuff on Saturday. Home and field I, magic did not apply. I was going to say, I want to know where that magic is. I need some refund. I thought that was part of the deal. It was, was, was like a win. But.
0: Home field magic, all home field magic in the Atlanta area was directed to the Atlanta Braves. I will uh, not be taking comment on this investment at this time. All right, fair enough. Uh, One other note that I want to bring up as I'm seeing it on the social media sphere, uh, Georgia Tech Hockey, Club Hockey now has some awesome new gold uniforms. I'm not seeing a note on whether those will be available for sale as they usually are. uh, But like I said, they usually are. So uh, they will keep you posted,
1: I assume. Yep, I guess so. Uh, In the meantime, I think they play Auburn this weekend. I don't know if it's at home or not. Sorry, this was a completely impromptu plug. They might be at home against Auburn. I know they play Auburn. They came off a two-game
0: set versus Liberty, which I think they split this past weekend. So yeah. uh, we, we did not mention that, but that, that did happen. Uh, and getting a split there is nice. I, don't, I, don't, I guess we don't really know that much about the club hockey landscape. So not, not a ton to talk about there, but I don't know. <laughs> this was uh, a delightful podcast. Delightful podcast. It's already over 50 minutes. Mr. Grant, do you have anything you want to finish with here other than your plug for
1: your podcast appearance from the Rumble seat at gmail.com at FTRs blog on Twitter. Uh, You can find me on Twitter as well, or just from the Rumble seat.com. Do all the liking, subscribing, sharing, tell your friends about us. Hopefully they want to come learn about volleyball. Uh, we can talk about side outs. We can talk about swimming stats. Or uh, we can ramble about, you know, basketball. Because that will be the topic to sure until March. So we can always talk about volleyball analytics. Because as I said, we are a volleyball
0: school. Thank you all for listening. We will see you again very soon.